the Queen of the Court podcast, your place for chats on all things growth, healing, and thriving through everyday parenting. I'm your host, Courtney Walker-Owens. I'm a homeschooling mom of seven, wellness advocate, self-proclaimed strength genius, and an author. I'm here to inspire and empower you into a lifestyle of elevated living and passionate growth. Because while I may not be good at a lot of things, I am the queen of these things. Are you ready to dive in? Grab your coffee or mix up a smoothie and let's get started. This is the Queen of the Court podcast. Welcome back. It is officially episode one. And I think we're going to call this how to do all the things. You heard me. Today I'm going to share my secrets for doing all the things. That's what you want, right? You want to know, because this is what everyone asks me, how do you do it all? Courtney, how do you do all the things? You run a business and you wrote a book. And now there's a podcast and there's Instagram and there's challenges and there's courses. And how do you do it while you homeschool your seven children and drive them around? So I'm going to share my my big secrets for doing all those things, right? Just kidding. So I'm actually going to shatter all of the illusions that you may have right now. All of them. No more preconceived ideas because none of us can do all the things. I'll say it again. None of us can do all the things. We are not supposed to do all the things. I hope you heard me. I hope you understand it and that you're beginning to grasp that. We can't do all the things, but what we can do is the important things. And we can do those really, really well. Okay? We can do those so well. It's just like my podcast name. I'm not the best at everything. I'm probably not even sort of okay at everything. Maybe not even close. But the things I'm good at, I am the queen of those things. There's no one better than those things than me. There's no one better at being a mom to my seven kids than me. It's why God gave them to me. But I digress. We're going to talk about being the queen of the things that we need to be. So the reason that this is how I am is that I know my strengths. And I would say if I was making this into an outline or a sermon, this would be my first point. Know your strengths. Know yourself. Know what you're good at. You see, I know those really well, like the back of my hand. I know what I'm good at. And then I avoid my bottom strengths. I've picked up 
on what gives me life, what lights me up. And I do those things to the very best of my ability. And then I have outsourced or found ways to work around the things that drag me down, suck the life out of me, and or make me feel like a failure. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you just a quick little story. Back when Michael and I first got married, um, we learned very quickly that we both kind of had an area of the house that we had expectations on. So for him, it was the dishes. His mom kept an immaculate kitchen, an immaculate house, I might add. Uh, she, that kitchen sink, I don't know. I mean, I went over to his house a lot when we were teenagers, and I don't remember ever seeing more than like a couple dishes in the sink. It was always perfect. And so we came into marriage and there was an expectation that this is how we keep the kitchen. Whereas I grew up in a house where we were not home often. I lived at the church, to be honest. Uh, my mom was a teacher and my dad's a pastor. And so I lived at the school or I lived at the church. And for a while, our church actually met at my school. So I really, truly was at that building more than I was at my own home. And my mom was very committed to uh, really just being present for us. She had an approach that she wasn't going to spend all her time doing dishes and chores because she wanted to be there with us, living life with us. And I appreciate that. I have an appreciation for the way both of us were raised. So that applied to him and dishes, and it applied to me and laundry. I started doing my own laundry when I was probably 10 years old, and it was always just done. No, I'm not the greatest at putting it away, but as far as like how we do it and what things go together and lights and darks and all of that, whereas my husband never did his own laundry, so he didn't have this understanding. So we figured out really early that he had issues with dishes and I had issues with laundry after a few of my shirts got ruined because he had just thrown everything in one thing or whatever, we realized he had issues, I had issues. So why were we doing things that didn't match with our strengths? Why was I putting all this pressure on him to do laundry like me when I already understood it and I'm already really great at it? Why was he putting pressure on me to be on top of dishes 24-7 when it actually didn't matter to me, it mattered to him? And so we very early on, I would say within the first year of our marriage, found some areas where he had strengths that were maybe my weaknesses or some areas where he or I, one of us was just better than the other. And so within the first year of our marriage, we had kind of a strengths-based uh division of jobs in our home. And it has carried on for quite some time. So I'm not going to sit here and say that we all go around saying, well, dishes don't bring me life, so I'm not doing them anymore. <laughs> While that would be lovely, <laughs> uh, it's not really the best way to approach it, especially if you have a large family. But what I am saying is the way we approach those life-sucking tasks can shift 
or we can find a way to outsource it. So I'm gonna give you a few examples. Maybe if you are a competitive person, make it into a game. How many socks can you match during one podcast episode while your kids are watching Wild Kratts? Okay? Or how fast can you load the dishwasher while <laughs> your toddler, who's supposed to be napping, maybe see how fast you can load the dishwasher before they wake the baby up from their nap? <laughs> We've all been there. We get it. But if you're a competitive person, you put like time frames on it or you see how much you can squeeze in or you see how many jobs you can get you know, into this tight frame, and that could inspire you. That could be a great plan. Or my personal favorite, how easily can you teach your kids to learn how to do that task for themselves? So I hate doing the dishes. I'm just going to say it. I hate it. And I don't know many people who love it, but I know some of us care more than others. <laughs> okay? And you have to know that as a family of nine, we have to do two to three loads of dishes in the dishwasher each day unless we're using paper products. And we've made the choice to not use a lot of paper products uh, just for the environment, etc. But that's a lot of dishes. Imagine, put yourself in our shoes. It's very time consuming. And I kind of love my mom's perspective. I refuse to be tied to chores all day. I want to spend time with my kids. But then on the other side, I also really love a clean kitchen. And when the kitchen is a wreck and it's messy, I don't know if it's like this at your house, but for us, our emotions and our mental health soon follow. Uh, so if the house is chaotic and it's messy, our emotions and our brains get chaotic and messy. So the way we fix that is starting at about age eight at our house, you learn to unload the dishwasher. By about 10 or 11, you either start to load it on your own or you at least help the person who is loading so you're beginning to learn. I can tell you our 15-year-old unloads and loads at least once a day, including hand washing any of the large items that don't fit. I did enough dishes as a kid and as a young mom with five kids under six so I kind of figure it's their turn to learn a life skill and their spouses are going to love me someday. It's part of living in a big family to be a contributor and to help the household function properly. So our kids don't see it as a punishment or anything like that. It's really important to us that it's just we all contribute in different ways and we rotate the chores and that's just how a family works. So that's at our house. Um, let me give you a few more examples though. So if you're an executor who loves to get things checked off a list, make a detailed list of every step in the process. So you're going to not just write down, clean the kid's room, right? You're going to write down, pick up toys, pick up clothes, put dirty laundry in hamper, take dirty hamper downstairs, put clean clothes away, start the washer, switch the washer to the dryer, start the dryer. You are going to feel like the queen of the laundry once you start checking off all those things. It's amazing, guys. But you could also outsource it. Teach your kids how to do their laundry. Age 10 is laundry age over here. We teach them how. We use a clean brand of laundry pods so we don't have detergent all over the place. They each have a hamper for their clothes. And on their assigned laundry day, yes, we have those, they bring their stuff down and they wash and dry their clothes and then they put their clothes away immediately. 
My older daughters and I will take care of sheets and towels and blankets and the younger kids' stuff. Uh, we keep it sorted and folded neatly and placed in their proper locations, all so that the little kids can destroy it. <laughs> you know, on the first pool day, looking for a towel, or they need a very specific blanket to cover up their stuffed animals, or to make a fort. You know, that's just life. So I make sure I'm not the only person who knows how to put something away properly. One last example, if you haven't quite caught the vision of a strength-centered lifestyle, when I first took my Clifton Strengths assessment, we learned about a lot about who I am. I'm a dominant influencer. So my number one goal in all of life is to just move people forward. If I'm not moving people forward, I feel hopeless. I feel lost. I feel very stuck, actually. So when I'm approaching household tasks or just everyday mom life things, I view it through the lens of moving my kids or myself forward. So when I'm in my giant van for hours and hours driving kids around, as one does, I remember the why. I remind myself that taking my son to his pitching lessons twice a week is moving him forward as an athlete. It's going to affect him as he's looking at colleges and as he's choosing careers. These things help him move forward. I reminded myself this last school year that taking my kids to their dance classes and sitting in the car for hours because of social distancing, ah, but I reminded myself that it was good and it was okay because it was helping them to learn how to move their bodies about the things they like and don't like. Maybe they won't do dance again, but now they know. And it's potentially helping them to relieve some of the stress from 2020. Maybe we all need to go take some dance classes. But sometimes shifting our perspective is a really powerful move. I would encourage you to give it a try. So if I was giving you your next point, I think it would also be self-care. And I just need to clarify that I'm not talking about bubble baths and massages, okay? I've been in the trenches, just like you, of lots of little kids. And maybe you're not in that trench, but you're in a different one. Maybe it's mental health struggles or emotional struggles, or maybe you're just trying to make it day to day with a couple kids. That's fine. But I know that in some stages of motherhood, just remembering to eat a full meal a day can be a massive act of self-care, guys. I can't tell you how many times my lunch was the leftover nuggets on my kids' Disney plates after they'd run off to go play. But I will tell you, I will tell you this. If you are in those trenches with little kids right now, those stages that are full of chaos do end, mamas. They end. And even if it's not a kid thing, if, if you are just a person <laughs> running a business or living your life and, and trying to heal and thrive in just normal life. I want you to know that the stages of chaos and feeling out of control do end. Someday you'll have a moment to breathe. Someday you'll get a chance to make yourself a salad. Imagine that. I'm in this place this last year where I realized I could actually run to Chick-fil-A with just one kid and have time with just them while my teenagers stayed home with the others. 
Now, I still have a preschooler at my house right now. She hasn't started school yet. And I am already feeling the magic of my kids getting older. But moms, women, make priority. Make priority for this. Make room in your life for these really important acts of self-care. Okay, here are my, my top suggestions for you. Take some high-quality supplements. Take some good things. When we put good things in, good things come out. Take quality supplements to fill in the gaps of those leftover chicken nuggets, ladies. Okay, get rid of toxins in your home so that your sleep and your hormones and your emotions aren't constantly sabotaged by chemicals. Drink your water. Drink your water. Should I say it again? Drink your water. Maybe instead of the two pots of coffee by lunchtime. Who can say? I'm not judging you because I've been there. But looking back, I wish that I had taken the time sooner. I wish that I had made those simple acts of self-care a priority early on so that I didn't have quite so much damage control to do later. When we put good things in, good things come out. I already said it. It's a spiritual concept, but it applies to the physical realm as well. So then I'd say the last thing that really contributes to my ability to do a lot of things each day is I schedule it. You have to know I'm a planner, but I don't like the exact same plan every single day. I like to leave room for myself for fun or for crafts or for an evening walk with my kids or, hey, for spontaneous trips to Target to browse the dollar spot. Can I get an amen? However, something I learned way back when, when we first started homeschooling, was that if I had a framework for our day, then we knew where to go after we'd done the spontaneous. So when you have a framework, you create these guideposts to your day. You have things that, that hold up your framework. So for example, for us right now, when we're in the height of homeschooling, no, not currently. It is summer. Hallelujah. We needed a little break. But when we're in the middle of homeschooling, we have these guideposts to our day. It looks a little like a morning devotion, and we start the diffusers every day at 9 o'clock in the morning. Then every single day, we have lunch and 30 minutes of chores right around noon. And then my kids know that every day at about 3 o'clock, mom works. And I get stuff done. Even if it's only an hour, I get some work done. And then bedtime is that last guidepost to our day. And it's different for every kid um, based on their individual needs. We aren't a one-size-fits-all family. So for us, everything between those guideposts can be flexible. So while we really need to get in three to four hours of schoolwork each day, if our chiropractor only has morning appointments on Tuesday, then I know that schoolwork might be maybe an hour before lunch and then two hours after lunch. Or if I have to schedule a business call, I know what my work hours are already. Like that's, that's blocked in there. If something needs to be done before three o'clock in the afternoon for my business, I either have to wake up early or find a way to automate it. Because those guideposts to our day help everything to fall 
in place. And that way, if a kid gets sick or an emergency happens and we miss the 12 o'clock lunch window and everyone had to fend for themselves and the chores didn't get done, it's just one day, first of all. And we know that probably around 3 o'clock, we'll be back on track. And at the very least, we're going to have bedtime and we're going to have those routines in place, those habits in place for our bedtime routine that allow everything to at least get wrapped up well. My goal is always to start us well and end us well and have a couple guideposts in the middle that give us a little bit of structure and or guidance, hence guideposts. It gives us a place to land, though, and that's really important. So I set that up in time blocks, and now the really magical thing is I've taught my teenagers how to take our family guideposts and then create their own schedules each day. So they can fit in their schoolwork, their reading, their workout schedules, and all of that. And it fits within our family guideposts, but I'm not the one telling them what to do. And let's face it, if we all knew how to run our days so they didn't run us at 15 and 16, hello, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been such a bumpy ride through the end of high school and college right? Like we needed that. So it's really important to me to teach my kids what I have learned, right? If I learned it by age 30, my goal is to cut that time in half and teach them at 15. So this is about all we have time for today. I'll be sure to dive in a little deeper into some of these topics in future episodes, if you would comment and and give a good review so that I know what things you want to hear more about, I would love that. I want to hear from you. I want you to contact me. Let me know what topics are really resonating with you. What do you need a deeper dive on? But for now, I just want to say thank you. This is episode one, and thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up. I appreciate your shares. This podcast is new, and it's one of those big goals I've had for a while now. I really want to help as many moms and dads out there as possible to find their place in that elevated living and passionate growth zone, to learn to heal, to learn to grow, and to thrive in these everyday parenting moments, these everyday life moments. So, Leave a review, share this podcast, and I'll see you next week here on the Queen of the Court podcast. Bye, guys.